90% of the benefits for just 10% of the costs. And uh, that's basically like uh, what, we're, what we're trying to do, you know, just to automate it only uh, to, to a point that, uh, that it doesn't require us to basically take away the, the, the flexibility from you and make it like not configurable. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Coder Career with me, Cameron Blackwood. Today's guest is Matush Kongradi. Matush is the CEO and founder of Stacktape, which is essentially a DevOps as a service platform, allowing you to leverage the power of AWS with as much configuration or as little configuration as you need. The whole idea behind Stacktape is that you no longer need to be a DevOps expert to leverage the full power of the cloud. As such, no matter your skill level as an engineer, you'll definitely find this episode useful. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend. And if you are currently looking for a role in tech, do check out my new website, Startup Crowd Jobs. We feature both the best technical and non-technical roles in startups and scale-ups across the UK. And now, on with the show. Hey, Marshall, thanks so much for joining me. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. and I'm doing fine. What about you? Yeah, not bad. Thanks. Not bad. Uh, can't complain. We had a bit of a Eurovision party at uh, my rugby club on Saturday night and my, my, my throat is still a bit sore. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> the UK didn't do very well, sadly. But, uh, you know, it's uh, a good excuse to like have a few drinks and uh, and, and <laughs> all the rest of it. <laughs> well, I've just returned from my uh, friend's bachelor's party. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm not feel- feeling the, <laughs> the greatest either. So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Understandable. Well, uh, hopefully we'll um, we'll bring the bring the tone up a little bit with uh, some very exciting stuff that we've got to discuss today. Um, in so for anyone who hasn't come across you before in the audience, uh, who are you and what 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 do you do day to day at the moment? Uh, well, uh, I'm currently I'm a founder and CEO of Stacktape. I will tell you more about Stacktape uh, in a bit, but maybe some some background about me. So yeah, I've I've, uh, I've worked as a full stack developer in uh, multiple startups and uh, from multiple companies and uh, yeah so I've, I've been also uh, every time i've been the, the one that uh, had to deal with the infrastructure stuff even, even though i wasn't you know the the one that was like uh, trained for it so i just uh, so but yeah i've uh, basically in every company that i worked for i ended up doing it myself yeah and you know just uh, trying to to make sense of everything from you know from configuring like docker containers to you know configuring infrastructure on aws and uh, jumping through 22 open tabs for with aws documentation and trying to make sense of everything but yeah and so so that's why basically i've started uh, managed or i've decided to to create a stack tab and basically make this make this DevOps stuff more accessible to developers. Very nice. And um, I get, I guess that uh, brings me quite nicely into my first real question is about, you, you know, you're saying about being a full stack developer in startups and then going on to being the guy who's responsible for the uh, AWS configs and everything. Um, obviously, that must have started somewhere, right? Uh, what first inspired you to get into CompSci and the world of technology? Well, I mean, I get, I've been playing with the, uh, you know, with technology uh, since from since I was a I was a kid, and uh, it was a very natural for me. Like, even though I, uh, I I was thinking about going into a into a law school, but uh, and then then I ended ended up uh, 
because I, I always wanted to create something and I, I believe like uh, the, the best way to when, when you want to create something for for the current era or current world I believe it's, it's easiest to, to create something in the in the software industry that's uh, something that can have a huge impact and so that's why I chosen to you know to go study and <clears throat> to go study computer science and then it I naturally naturally evolved to, for my into my you know computer science career I've started as a front-end developer doing you know uh, some some basic uh, front-end stuff with uh, with the uh, frameworks like angular and uh, then I've uh, gradually moved to to backend and uh, yeah then as I mentioned I've made, I've moved to to doing the DevOps in infrastructure yeah very nice and um, I mean, was that a uh, a forced decision <laughs> that ended up uh, with you in DevOps and infrastructure? Or is that because you picked up a particular interest in it? Would you say? Well, I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say it's uh, I wouldn't say DevOps is uh, is fun. You know, it just uh, you do it because just because you must. You know? <laughs> but yeah, it was more more or less a forced decision. But so yeah, I was the only one that, uh, that agreed to on, on doing it. But you know, since since there are like a, almost like it's it's very hard to find you know uh, like experienced DevOps professionals on the market, and so when you are working on a on a company and you're like you can't get your stuff uh, to users because you know nobody knows how to, how to deploy it, then it's uh, better to you know bite the bullet and you know just just do stuff that uh, you that don't you, that you don't like. But I, what I've uh, from my experience, like uh, developers hate doing DevOps. And so it was also like my case, but I, I hated it the, the, the least. So yeah, I ended up doing it. <laughs> That's quite an origin. I hated it the least, so I ended up doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean, because it, it, it is interesting. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty front end heavy guy um, in terms of what I do. And I always admire how people that do DevOps are able to shoulder the responsibility that comes with it really like um to, to give an example i mean i hope it's not still down because this isn't due to be released for a number of weeks but over the weekend uh my uh platform startup grad jobs which is a way for people to be connected with uh, with jobs at startups um it uh it went down um completely because of something completely out of my control uh two dependencies didn't play nice with each other um and uh, the whole authentication service went down so Anyone who wanted to post a job, manager account, anything like that, including new signups, they couldn't do anything. And it was a pretty horrible experience, actually, knowing that I was actually completely powerless. And I realized that, you know, new new companies had signed up to post jobs on there. And I didn't realize that they weren't even able to... Um, uh, to post their jobs because I hadn't set the monitoring up, which is another lesson in of itself. Um, <laughs> and yeah. It, yeah, it's just um, yeah, I have a, have a lot of respect for people in, in the DevOps side of things because it's a lot of uh, a lot of pressure. But I suppose that maybe inspired you to create Stack Tape, right? Because that deals with a, yeah. it abstracts a lot of the complexities. And um, so you've mentioned that uh, you you forgot to uh, or just didn't set up the, the monitoring part, and that's yeah that's that's one thing that's uh, that's very hard for for people that uh, don't that are not doing DevOps for a long time, they, because it's it's hard. Like, you don't know what you don't know. So yeah, uh, so I've had a uh, like several talks about the, 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 these uh, talks that. Uh, their, their their title was like a production grade cloud application checklist. When I basically tried to explain like everything that uh, that uh, you know production grade application that's deployed in the cloud like needs needs to have, and so yeah, monitoring is one of them. But there are also like uh, other other stuff that uh, people like don't consider before before they jump into it. 
And so, like, yeah, and then, then people uh, learn it the hard way, you know, like when you when you come, uh, like when you have a, some some sort of issue issue or a problem, then when you discover it only then, then yeah, you you're uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, not not a very good situation to to be in. And um, yeah, so basically, what, what we try to do at Stack, at Stack Tape is the is yeah, basically bridge the gap between DevOps and, and developers, and basically make the make the DevOps on, on AWS like a, a ninety seven percent easier, so that any developer can can do it. And uh, yeah, so and basically everything you configure using Stack Tape is production grade by by default, so you don't need to you know. Uh, Think about things like you know configuring, like setting up monitoring or logging and uh, observability and, and all this stuff. You don't need to think about the uh, security. We, we basically give it uh, you know the, the least privileged permissions that it needs to have. It's also like scalable by, by default. It's uh, it's fault tolerant there, and, and there's all these you know different uh, features uh, that uh, that a production grade application needs to have. And it's also like you can you can you know configure. Uh, Everything in a way that's uh, very cost efficient and, uh, and yeah, it's it's also very easy to be compliant when when you need it with stack tape <clears throat> and uh, yeah so yeah we, we just try to to you know do every as much th things as possible behind the scenes but we we also don't like you know being like too too high of an abstraction such as basically when when you, when you think about it like a for example, platforms like like Versal, they are very easy to use, like very very great. Like you know, the experience is great. But uh, you know, sometimes when you come into an into an issue, or like you need to do something, you know, more complicated or more more complex, or like so, like, for example, I don't know, like connecting into a into a from another VPC or you know connecting uh, or doing just I would suggest some more advanced stuff. Then you you're very likely to find yourself in a in a position that you just can't do it, and you just you know need to switch the the platform altogether. And so yeah, that's that's another thing that uh, StackTape tries to address. So that yeah, on on one side we're trying to be as uh, as easy to use as possible, but on the other side other side we we try to be as flexible as possible, so that you can you, you can do basically whatever. So yeah, with StackTape yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting question because I uh, like uh, it's a well, not even question. It's more of an interesting like problem in the sense of I love Vercel. I'm like a huge Vercel fanboy, um, yeah. and, and I've deployed everything on it for uh, for years now. In, in fact, before oh, since it was called Zite, I think. Uh, yeah. And um, it, it's you know it is it is great. Obviously, like everything, it has its limitations, and you're always battling the spectrum between having the full customer uh, being able to fully customize everything but the workload of having to do that in your cloud provider and then having it all managed for you but having less customization and then you end up with the issues of like you know time is an economic unit in terms of like could the opportunity cost of me working on something else so then do i just do this all on on some kind of provider oh but then i could build my custom solution so i'm more efficient in the future it, it it's a difficult question and it, it comes into um, you know, uh, the economics of it really is is quite interesting in terms of how how you allocate your time and resources. So, it's it's interesting because I guess you you're trying to position position stack tape on uh, that covers a wide part of that spectrum, which is quite a quite a good place to be. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I believe like it's is a is about a abstraction that you create or like uh, just finding the right amount of abstraction. Mm. So, like, uh, because like you you know like a lot of time you can get like. Uh, 90% of the benefits for just 10% of the costs. And uh, that's basically like uh, what, what we're trying to do, you know, just to automate it 
only uh, to, to a point that uh, that doesn't like uh, require us to to make uh, like a uh, order just that, that doesn't require us to uh, basically take away the 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 flexibility from you and uh, and make it like not configurable you know yeah because it, it it's pareto's law isn't it like a minority yeah. of the input produces the majority of the output um and yeah. it, i guess it's about fully discovering what that uh that high quality input is and, and yeah. how you can capitalize on it in fact like we've uh, we've i believe like when, when we were developing stack tape i believe we changed our you know the configuration the, the our api which is the configuration we changed it like you know like hundreds of times, and we were like trying to figure out like what the right amount of abstraction is in, in, in for every every use case, and then we're like okay like maybe this this is this is too complicated because our like uh, beta users didn't understand it, or like okay this is this is too restrictive. We should allow people to do this and this, and then we're just finding it. It's just like very iterative process, and uh, it's uh, very hard to to get right. But I hope, hopefully, we've come to a, some to a point when uh, where basically like both sides uh, are are happy. Even like the people that are have more like DevOps experience that are using Stack Tape are basically happy with the with the choices this, that that we've made, and also the developers that are trying to to use it are are happy with it and understand like what what it does and how how to how to use it easily. Yeah, and uh, so something I'm conscious of is that we've already done that classic developer thing of where we've started chatting jargon uh, uh, to each other and uh, <laughs> talking sure. talking about the uh, about the advantages, disadvantages. We're throwing out different provider names, um, and I, I'm conscious of the fact there's actually some uh, fairly inexperienced people that'll be listening to this. Maybe haven't broken into their first role in tech yet, and. It, cloud is one of those things that it seems almost like the last mystery that you have to conquer um, to get into your first job. And I, I certainly didn't have a full understanding of it, of what it was when I when I broke into the industry. I mean, in in simple terms, like what would you say the advantages of using cloud provider? I mean, um, obviously here most commonly AWS. What's the advantages of it, and uh, what why would developers want to consider it? Well, basically, cloud is a I would call it maybe a buzzword because like basically just yeah. <laughs> cloud is just basically using uh, some somebody else's server that is somebody else's server that he runs, and uh, maybe it's uh, hard to to explain to people that uh, that didn't run their own servers because like you know only like when you when you experience the, the struggles uh, uh, that that led to these cloud these huge cloud providers being developed only then you fully understand like like what, what is it good for, but uh, basically like. Uh, like before, like some time ago, like people had to, they had like physical servers they needed to manage it. And, uh, you know, like when you, when you need to have like multiple servers, just because you have redundancy so that, so that when one server goes down, like this, this is the whole system stays up, you know, just configuring these in like a, you need basically need to create, create your own data center. And then the people gradually starting making abstraction on it. So just, just so that they can, they can use it easier. Basically, this this was something that was called like infrastructure as a code, and from from there it evolved to you know to different uh, multiple different offerings such as like platform as a service and uh, uh, and yeah, it's 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 a uh, and so like the, the abstraction went went up and then I believe like in two thousand and six AWS came in with like certain like uh, services and and then they, they basically offered like a managed services for example EC two which is like a, you have like a vir virtu virtual computer in in the cloud you just click on a button and it creates like a the dedicated uh, server for you 
and uh, basically AWS or the cloud provider is uh, is responsible for running it, and they they basically offer certain you know uh, certain promises about its uh, availability, and uh, yeah, when you want to have like higher availability, you you need to have still like multiple servers. But uh, so the, the the advantages is the the advantage like the, the hugest the, the biggest advantage advantage is that you don't need to run your your servers or on your own. But yeah, since then, like the, a lot of uh, difference, uh, AWS has uh, you know, uh, created uh, multiple different services on, on top of that, and uh, like the the ab- level of, abstra- of abstraction that AWS offers goes uh, always up. And so, for example, like now you don't need to run your you know EC2 instances, which is like which are the virtual servers. You can uh, you know leverage a more managed offering. So basically, just you know, send your container or like just a Docker Docker file somewhere, and uh, everything just gets built and uh, runs on a, on an infrastructure that you don't need to care about or under- understand like anything. So it's basically about just uh, you know worrying worrying about less uh, less things. And it, even though like sometimes people they think like okay like it's a uh, this is not so complicated. I can, I can do it on my own. I can I set it up all I've set it up everything up on my own you know, on the local machine so why should i pay you know to, to aws to for for this and like or like people think like it's, it's very expensive but uh, a lot of times what they don't get is that uh, you know just running something in a on a you know developer machine it's uh, it's it's usually it's not not that complicated but when it needs to run in production it needs like a, a lot of different uh, a lot of other you know uh, aspects that there are a lot of other aspects that you need to solve, and uh, you know these these tend to be very complicated, and you you don't know before you 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 get to know them, you know. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously powerful, and I think people um, what once they start using, they really get the use case. And there's all kinds of things like if, you know suddenly you have a rush of users. It's so much easier to do that uh, to have it managed in a cloud provider and going out getting a load of new servers, configuring them, setting them up, and um, you know as you mentioned, Dockerizing your applications and just deploying them, even just stuff like that. Pe- people don't realize as juniors, and I'm saying this because I learned code when everything was basically cloud native uh we often don't realize actually like as soon as you hit npm run start on like a react application you're running your own server and that's you're essentially just renting out space uh elsewhere for it to uh it to run and it's actually my my conspiracy theory uh theory here and um i i always say this on the podcast and listeners are probably sick of this i think there's a conspiracy to make things sound more complicated than they actually are uh, sometimes with uh, with things like AWS, um, so the uh, consultants can charge uh, can can charge uh, to uh, go into large corporates and and fix the problems. Um, so I always wonder if there's something if there's something going on there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you uh, don't know if you agree or if you think I'm a bit mad for thinking that. Well, mm, I mean. To, to be honest, I I don't really agree with that because like, mm-hmm. I, but yeah, I have another a conspiracy of my own, which is that you know uh, a lot of uh, you know consultants are trying to uh, to sell you you know the, the most complicated uh, way to do things. Or, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, more what they, I mean. Yeah, they, yeah. They basically yeah. like you like they they want you to use Kubernetes because like you know they um, they tell like how how great it is like and uh, like they tell you all about all its great features but uh, even though like you don't need those features at all and yeah uh, so so that, that that that's my conspiracy 
but uh, in fact, I believe like AWS is very complicated, and basically any uh, like everybody, everyone I know, like try they try to do any like even like the most basic of stuff uh, on, on AWS. Uh, wasn't really really happy with it. I mean, like, and then I don't I don't I don't want to <clears throat> to you know, to blame AWS for it because you know the the service is is great, but but imagine like they have like. 200 or more, more than 200 different services, then they, they need to co uh, communicate with each, with each other. And the, even like they have like a very like good foundation, for example, like IAM, like which are the, you know, every service inside AWS, they need to communicate with, with each other. They need uh, you know, IAM permissions to, to, to do it. And like I am is like very complicated and people a lot of times they, they rant about it like how like why do I need to do this and like you know just write you know, I don't know, like 10, 10 lines of configuration or uh, just to make it all work and you're just trying to figure out like which permissions you need to give and stuff like this. But yeah, um, <clears throat> but uh, in fact like when, when you need to do something more complicated then uh, then you value like what, uh, what I am is capable of. So yeah. It, since like AWS offers so much, then yeah, it's it's like just natural that the complexity is is very high, and that's why you know a lot of people are offering uh, you know different abstractions over AWS, and uh, yeah, that's, so that's 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 why even like Stack Tape exists. Yeah, no, that that's understandable. I think um, I'd probably rephrase what I originally said about my conspiracy. Now yeah. to think of it in the sense of uh, higher level concepts are sometimes overcomplicated. Like the word cloud, for instance, yeah. makes it sound yeah. like magic. So um, I don't know. I don't know if uh, we talked about this on on our introduction call before the show. Um, but I, I used to be a technical recruiter, uh, and that's partly why I started the show because I figured oh, I've got some experience on both sides of the table, so I can give some advice. And the word cloud mystified me so much as a technical recruiter um and i would ask candidates uh what you know what it meant and they'd just be oh it's just a linux server and i still didn't really know <laughs> what that meant uh, <laughs> and then uh eventually you know if someone had just told me oh you're basically renting a computer um yeah. that you connect to on the internet yeah stuff like that um is uh yeah that's what i think sometimes they overcomplicate it to sell to uh sell to people uh, in terms of like bigging bigging it up a little bit but um yeah i mean i i definitely agree with you about the complexity of aws uh because um yeah i i can say for sure that every time i've tried to set up stuff manually within AWS, it's been really, really tricky, to be honest. And I'm not afraid to admit that because, I've, as I said earlier, I'm definitely not a 10x engineer. Um, so when I um, uh, so when I try and set things up manually or do things the right way, that's why I end up defaulting to some kind of manual servers, which is why I'm such a Vassal fanboy um, yeah. for my front-end stuff specifically. Uh, and that's why I've always, uh, always used it for a long time. And yeah, that's, um, as you say, that's why... Uh, stack tape exists i mean in terms of a typical use case for it like say someone like me who maybe develops a lot of uh next js applications in fact actually even easier uh my job search platform for uh, for startups uh it's deployed with nextjs um and then it's on vercel and the database and stuff relies on superbase um how could uh pretty typical 2023 stack like that how could it benefit from stack tape like say you took over the uh, the project from me now and, and migrated it to stack tape what uh, how how could you improve it and make it more secure more robust and perhaps prevent it going down like it did this weekend well uh, so yeah uh, i will start by, by saying that uh, you know I, I believe the biggest advantage would be that uh, it would be uh, way way cheaper because in fact like mm. uh, Versal is very expensive especially at scale 
and you know AWS is uh, even like though it's not like not uh, cheap, but uh, it's uh, it's still like way way cheaper than than Versal is. And uh, you know the the second advantage would be that uh, stack with stack tape, uh, you know you, you can you don't need to use them on two different services, Universal and Superbase. You can uh, you can basically use stack tape for for everything. So yeah, stack, stack tape basically ju just to to uh, elaborate some more. Like we support like uh, I believe like thirty different uh, you know services where then you can that you can deploy very easily using using stack tape. And so basically, what you do just uh, you know write some like a very simple and developer friendly configuration. So for example, you, you just write like a you know five to ten lines of, uh, of configuration to deploy you know a, a web service that is uh, scalable, and uh, you just you just point stack tape to your to the to your source code, and stack tape uh, you know takes care about you know taking your your source code, turning it into a into a, a Runnable ar artifact, which is basically a Docker image or a Lambda artifact, like it de depends like on like what you want to deploy, and then then you just you know type stack tape deploy to your console and uh, it gets deployed to, to 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 the cloud. And so basically the the application that you've mentioned that would be like uh, um, I don't know like maybe like thirty lines of uh, stack tape configuration and uh, you know. And th then you would be able to to deploy it every time, you know, just all together, like front to deploy front end together with, with your backend inside a, inside a single configuration file. So yeah, with Stack Tape you can deploy, you know, just different applications. You can deploy the front ends, you can deploy the backend, you know, the APIs. You can you can use services uh, like as I mentioned, like web, web service or or a Lambda function. You can even use like a batch jobs or a GPU uh, accelerated uh, jobs. And then you can even deploy a lot of different uh, stuff like, uh, you know, Cognito User Pool, which is like an authentication service. Mm -hmm. And you can deploy like, the, like many da databases, like, you know, like RDS, which is a you know, relational or SQL databases. You can deploy MongoDB and Redis and all, all of these different, uh, different uh, AWS services. So, yeah, I believe like, and that is the, uh, another advantage that you, you, uh, you would get is that, uh, you know, you can... Uh, you know, get and like easily deploy like a lot of different uh, uh, you know other services to to help you achieve like what you need. For example, like if you wanted to have the managed authentication, like you can use the Cognito service and, and stuff like this. And then like basically like when you when you decide you know you need to you need to have a you know for example you, you need to migrate from from one database for, uh, to another because for example you know your, your the scale of your application like the or the load gets gets big, and so for example, you uh, decided that <clears throat> the application would be better served by a NoSQL database such as MongoDB. Then you know migrate migrating from like you, from that SQL database that you have in Superbase to a MongoDB would be like very easy to, to do that migration if you if you are using Stack Tape. Okay, yeah. So, I, I was going to say actually a random one related to databases. So I've been discussing a lot recently about I, I'm, I've recently moved camps, which is quite rare for a developer. I think I used to be huge on uh, NoSQL, and now now because of um, uh, Postgres, I, I'm kind of into the uh, the relational SQL style of things now. Um, this, I mean, stack tape. I guess you got the freedom for both, so it doesn't matter. Um, but for you, do you do you do you think there's a, particularly for anyone who's learning? Do you think there's a better one to learn? <laughs> 
Well, I, I have a strong opinion on this. Yeah, you should always start with a relational database. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I believe like, uh, like NoSQL databases, uh, they just store you know this uh, data in a different way. And it's uh, it's more complicated to uh, you know to do migrations or to or to like w when you don't know like the the schema or that's just you don't know the data mo mo uh, or basically you don't know the uh, uh, use case of your application ahead of time because you know it can evolve. Uh, then is a way way better uh, choice to to choose a, a SQL database because you can do migrations uh, a lot more easily. And, but it also you know, requires you to understand the, the data modeling part. So yeah, you just need to decompose everything. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's some sort of a you know uh, computer science concepts. It's a, I believe it's called something like third normal form, which which basically you decompose the you know the, the entities that you need to store in the in the data, database. But when you do it, then uh, it's uh, very convenient. You can basically query it uh, as, as you wish and uh, you can do you know a lot of different stuff like you, as you can do joins and you can uh, you know query the database uh, uh, like how, however however you want which is uh, a lot of times not the case with uh, when you go for a, a NoSQL database because for example some operations would would require like a full database scan which would be like very expensive to, to perform and uh, so basically, you need to think about uh, how you store the data ahead of time when, when you're using the uh, NoSQL database, because otherwise you're very likely to run into an issue uh, of some sort. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that confirms one of my opinions <laughs> is that I, I, I see the value of NoSQL databases, of course, yeah. but I really regret starting with them uh, because I think it taught me really bad habits. It made it more complicated for me. Uh, and actually when I started using relational, uh, stuff, it's suddenly a lot of the concepts were much easier to like, it's, it's easier to really just get started with NoSQL because you don't have to conform to anything. Um, but then as soon as it's, I think the thing was for me, as soon as I started working with a database of significant size, it suddenly became really hard for me to, uh, to understand properly. So yeah, um, I'm glad you said yeah. that because I'm, I'm definitely far from a backend or database expert. Um, but let's suddenly I've changed my mind on quite strongly. Yeah, recently. It, it basically, yeah, it basically allows you to, you know, just to skip the data modeling part, which is like, uh, which is not easy. But uh, when you skip that part, then uh, you know a lot of time you you come into an issue like uh, or you get to know like wh why it's so important <laughs> to do and uh, why it's not not so so uh, such a good idea to to skip it. You just uh, you know you you just basically move the the problem uh, to the future when when yeah. you're going to skip that part. It's like putting something on a credit card and then not thinking about paying it off. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that's the analogy I'd use for it. That's what I find. And but, um, sorry, actually, anyway, sorry, sorry. I just wanted to mention that uh, I'm, I I like NoSQL databases, but uh, mm -hmm. I believe like they have their their, their use cases, and uh, I believe like it's uh, like you need to have a special use case for them. Uh, and I believe like, uh, you know, a lot of different companies do have them because, you know, they, for example, they have like uh, some sort of data that needs to be queried like uh, very easily or uh, cost efficiently. And then, uh, you know, using a NoSQL database is, uh, is a great choice because just to to, uh, to achieve all these, uh, you know, different like ACID uh, features of a, of a uh, relational database, yeah, it requires a database to do a lot of stuff that basically makes it, uh, you know, sometimes uh, slower and sometimes uh, more expensive 
to run. And for, for, but for example, when you don't need some of the some of those uh, traits or features of these SQL databases, and uh, you you know that you don't uh, don't need them, then it's uh, sometimes it's way more efficient uh, or, or way it's way, way better to run these uh, workloads on a in a NoSQL database. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that um, that makes a lot of sense. And so something I was going to say as well earlier that I forgot to mention actually, and I wrote it down before uh, before we recorded, was that something I find quite cool about what you guys are doing with Stack Tape is that um, a lot of the time these uh, these tools where you take an abstraction uh, of cloud services, the way they're marketed is for people that really haven't touched cloud stuff at all before. Um, like Vercel, for example, I, I feel like it's not really designed for anyone that actually knows that much about the underlying services. Whereas with what you guys are doing, you can grab both sides of the market, which is cool because it can actually just make someone's life easier, even if they know a lot already, to be able to just do a quick custom configuration is what you said about doing the, uh, then they can focus on that 10% that they want to do specialized, whereas 90% of the work can be can be done by you. I, I think that's interesting. I think... Um, we think about abstraction a lot in terms of making stuff easier for people that have never touched it before, but actually uh, there's a big market for making things simpler for tasks that people are very experienced in and therefore don't need to dive down into tiniest, thing, tiniest things because they know kind of what they need to do. They just want to get it done quick. Yeah. So yeah, basically, yeah, you can, you can think of stack tape more as a, as a, it was a library and not the, not the framework mm-hmm. because, you know, just, we just make these, these, the hard things, we make them, Make them simpler, or, and uh, but yeah, we uh, the, just the talk about the abstractions is, is very complicated because you know some there are like a lot of people that have different preferences, but uh, I believe like so for example like when you have a ten or like five, five to ten people in a in your team, like a lot of them like have different preferences. Some somebody would like to use you know this service or like or which which has like a higher amount of abstraction. Mm-hmm. Somebody would like to you know to dive DB into something like Terraform or Kubernetes and configure everything and uh, everything on their own and I believe like a stack tape is some 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 sort of a sweet spot when uh, you can uh, like you can make both sides happy and both sides are productive and uh, allow you know to to be also like a very productive and uh, you know to get uh, the things to or get, get your software to market uh, very fast and uh, and at, at the same time you know stay like or have a lot of flexibility and power in, in terms of like what you can do and deploy and also in, in terms of cost efficiency compared to you know platforms such as uh, you know heroku or uh, or Versal. yeah yeah because then you can because instead of abstracting everything when it may not be totally necessary you can abstract what you want to abstract and then it's like the spectrum like we talked about uh yeah. talked about earlier that's it's interesting yeah, and also like a i believe like a so you just uh so there, there, there are like a lot of different, uh, you know, uh, types of complexity. And so, for example, like a, one uh, one type of complexity is the configurational complexity, which, for example, like with uh, when you are using something like uh, Kubernetes or Terraform mm-hmm. or even like CloudFormation, uh, yeah, you need to write like you know a lot of thousands of lines of configuration just to you know just to deploy a simple you know simple application. Uh, there's this this production grade yeah. you know has everything that it needs to have. So that's that is one one one. Uh, uh, part of the com- complexity, and there are also like conceptual complexity. So, for example, like uh, to 
in, in order to deploy a production grade application on AWS, you would need to understand like, what a what a security group is, or uh, you know you would need to understand a lot of concepts behind you know networking and stuff. And so yeah, that's that's uh, another type of complexity that we're, we're trying to to eliminate. And uh, yeah, and what what's left? These are like uh, very simple simple things that uh, you know that you don't need to. Uh, that that you know you can basically learn uh, how to stack tape uh, over like on a, uh, a I don't like few hours or just uh, and mm -hmm. to be an, an an expert in it because like every every concept or every every uh, you know just every service that that, that stack tape offers is like uh, very easily and uh, very intuitive uh, to, to use. Yeah, and I think especially the big one is uh, people when they realize they can abstract their authentication. I think that's always the first thing I look for <laughs> yeah. um, with anything. Like that's a, um, always the scariest thing is because I just don't trust myself. So whatever I'm doing, it will be <laughs> authenticated. Uh, I, I to say, yeah. if you say it's Cognito that, uh, that, that, that Stacktape uses for that? Yeah, and we, we also uh, we also eat our own dog food, you know, just we, we yeah. use uh, we have stack tape to deploy stack tape and you know we store our uh, you know uh, clients in a in a cognito uh, database or cognito user pool so yeah i i, I also wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't trust myself to everything because you know that's uh, like you know being secure it's uh, it's uh, it's not like you configure everything to be secure and you're you're secure for uh, you know for infinite amount of time you know the the threats are evolving, and so so you need to you know stay up to date. And I, and I don't want to be the one that's responsible for staying up to date with you know the most recent threats and you know, trying to mitigate them. I want somebody else to take care of uh, take care of care of it for me, so I just don't need to worry about it. Yeah, exactly. These things just um, aren't worth the because it's not even a time question at that point. It's just the fact that something could happen very quickly, or there could be some small thing that you're not aware of a zero day, like the sort of things that back in the day would have kept people up at night. Um, I mean, to be fair, maybe it didn't because there have been so many companies that have been caught saving passwords in plain text <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, just the, the thought of having things like that just taken away for me and just allowing a service that knows what it's doing to look after that, whereas I can concentrate on anything else that uh, allows me to have a good night's sleep and actually ship useful features. <laughs> Yeah, and basically that that's that's basically what what also like StackTape is doing. Like, you don't need to worry about like some you know misconfiguration being responsible for you know your production server going down and and stuff like this. So yeah, it's uh it's it just works by default and it works in a way that's that's production production ready and you don't need to to worry about you know. But yeah, you can also have have this benefit with something like Wurzel, but you know these 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 services. Yeah, when when you when your uh, you know traffic spikes on something like Verso, then yeah, on on one hand you're like happy, like yeah, I'm getting users, so yeah, that's that's, that's great. But then then you look at the bill and you're like, all right, and uh, I'm also paying for these users. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is one thing that I'm I'm dreading as someone who currently runs a production app on Vercel. Like um, yeah. the the day that you know if it goes viral, great, but I do worry a little bit about the cost <laughs> when that does happen. Um, so it's something that I definitely need to consider uh, going forward in the future. And I mean, speak, speaking of the future, uh, there's almost no debate about the cloud going away because it, it's it's. Apart from one very notable person, very recently, uh, who I'm yeah. sure you saw, um, yeah, sure. a certain certain creator of Ruby on Rails um, <laughs> yeah, saying sure. that he's moving off the cloud, which I, I thought was an interesting 
article, but I just thought he he's obviously a smart guy, but I mean, I thought he didn't take into account the fact that time is money. And like, yes, he did save money on the bills, but like, you want to take into account the engineers that you're paying for and the infrastructure and, you know, the, the physical infrastructure in that case and everything like that. I mean, um, yeah. Did you uh, check out the, the article? Yeah, yeah. I did. Base camp? Yeah. I, to, to be honest, like uh, when I was, you know, pitching uh, stack tape to a lot of my you know, friends, like a lot of them like were like, oh, like, uh, can, can you like, just uh, develop it already? I want, I want to use it. But some of them, they were like... Uh, you know, like, why would I need the use to a stack tape? You know, I could do it on my own. I, I want to, you know, just it's 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 uh, expensive because you know I I don't want to use this uh, AWS service. I will just you know I will just run my uh, my workloads on a, on the cheapest uh, vir- virtual machine in the cloud, and I can do everything myself. And that uh, and yeah, it uh, and to be honest, I believe like it, this. Uh, this approach a lot of times works for them because you know like our works for certain companies or for certain scale because uh, when when a company like such as the you know the uh, the, the one that did you've mentioned or the, the the certain creator of Ruby on Rails works for or just uh, owns uh, yeah they, they I I believe like they definitely have a lot of you know uh, very competent people that that know how to run people or just basically just create a data center or just you know just wire everything together so in that case you know you can go for it you can save a lot of money but uh, you know how many companies do have this uh, uh, expertise to to just configure everything and uh, to and have the confidence to to do it uh, because you know that's you need to know a lot of stuff to in order to do that. So yeah, I mean like if you have like a thirty to fifty you know, competent uh, engineers that can uh, that can uh, create it and run it, then yeah, go ahead. And but if you don't, I believe like you you better to to stay in the cloud, even though like uh, even though like uh, you know when a lot of people see the. AWS's margins or the or their the revenue, they're like, wow, this it's it's so costly, and there's so much they're just making so much money. But yeah, they they're making the the they're making so much money because the service that they, they created is just uh, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> when I sometimes when I'm thinking about like how much effort or like work that, that needed to go into creating AWS, it's just it's incredible. Like I just it's incredible that they they can still operate it and you know just. Uh, and it's also incredible that it's uh, like uh, it's not buggy. Like uh, when when mm-hmm. there's such a huge huge system, then it's like uh, you know you can think of something like you know Windows or uh, I don't know something that <laughs> is like so buggy. And there's like these these huge different like uh, systems are very buggy, but AWS isn't. Like I mean like at, you know from from some, from time to time I encounter some some bug or something, but you know it's uh, it's very reliable. It's uh, it's it's incredible. In fact. Yeah, and do you know what? Talking of interesting articles as well, did you check that one out about AWS? They're moving away from microservices towards monolith, not AWS, uh, Prime. Well, I suppose same organization, Prime Video, yeah. under Amazon's umbrella, which makes you think of the scale of the organization that they're releasing. <laughs> yeah. But what, what, what did you think of it? Well, I believe like mm, I'm some, some somewhere in the middle. You know, like there are like a lot of people advocating for you know moving away from serverless because you know the the even driven uh, side of it it's it's just complicated and it's it's costly and stuff like this. And there were like people saying like oh, no no just it's just a very bad uh, uh, very bad use case for serverless and you know just you just you just shouldn't use it for for these service uh, for these types of uh, services. And uh, yeah, I'm somewhere in, in the middle. You know just. Uh, to be honest, I believe like using serverless or just or 
by serverless, I mean like using uh, Lambda functions to write uh, to run uh, a lot of your workloads and to use uh, an event-driven uh, architecture. It's a, it's a great idea in a lot of cases, uh, like especially when you need to, you know, scale fast and uh, you know up, up and down very fast, or when when your application is very small and you just don't need to, you know, continually run uh, some some sort of uh, server. But you know, when when your uh, load gets gets high, such as when when you're like such as when you're running running Amazon Prime, then yeah, obviously you know you you care about uh, you know the costs. And uh, the the truth is that when when you when the lambda functions like uh, they just they are just more expensive like per computing unit. The thing is that you 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 a lot of times you still end up paying less even though it's like more costly for the per computing mm. unit because you're not using because when you're not using these computing units like uh, then you know you're using only the amount of computation that that you actually need. And uh, yeah, you're not like having an, an idle server running. Uh... And yeah, so uh, I believe like uh, it uh, it has like every approach has its uh, you know pros and cons. And I believe that's that's why uh, that's why uh, you know having uh, an easy way to switch between them is uh, is a good idea. And basically, that's also like what, what Stacktable offers you. So yeah, basically, the deploying a you know a container using Stacktable, uh, it's uh, the configuration is very similar to deploying a Lambda function. And so yeah, we can you can switch uh, between them, and you can uh, basically you know see what see what works and uh, and what doesn't. And uh, and also like there was like one thing that I believe like a lot of people. Uh, don't take into account, and it's that, yeah, like people say that just uh, you know you take your code and you run it as a on a as a, on a lambda fun uh, function or as a lambda function that you just take the code and uh, upload it to the cloud and and it runs. But in fact, it's not 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 that easy, you know, <laughs> to, because <laughs> there's a reason like why uh, Docker exists and like uh, why a lot of you know there are a lot of different tools that try to make you know packaging of these applications easier using docker for example like uh, a project such as uh, pack or like this or this uh, paketo build packs and stuff like this and they almost not nothing like this uh, exists in the in the serverless world so there's there was like uh there's like certain frameworks they have their own ways of deploying lambda functions you know, you know with all of the their dependencies and uh, everything that they need but you know like this in like the serverless ecosystem, in in this uh, regard, is uh, still still lacking, and so like yeah, we in Stacktable we are trying to uh, you know create this packaging uh, engine that basically you know takes your Lambda function code, it uh, strips it of, of every unnecessary file that uh, that doesn't need to be there, and you know include all of the dependencies and also like build it for the for the platform that will that it will run on, which is the you know Amazon Linux uh, behind the scenes. And yeah, no, just try try to try to help uh, help with this, um, because yeah, as it turns out, it's a lot, lot more complicated that, that you can imagine when you can't use you know this off the shelf uh, different like build packs that for example like Heroku offers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is certainly it, it's a, it was an interesting read that um, that article, and although something it did make me wonder was uh maybe someone had configured something wrong for it to be 90 percent cheaper um uh to move to the monolith uh definitely raised my eyebrows a little bit i thought perhaps the architecture i mean i'm not trying to say that i'm a better architect than uh the people at amazon but it was it was an interesting one but yeah it's yet another case for um allowing these things to be abstracted a little bit i think yeah um 
And uh, like, I'm to be honest, like I'm not a huge fan of uh, of, of my microservices. I believe like mm-hmm. this is this is one of these these things that were you know uh, as, as we've talked about before, that was uh, you know heavily recommended by by, by consultants. Then yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, you know you, you start using uh, microservices, and then you you realize like okay, like this is <laughs> this is very complicated, and I might need this uh, consultant that recommended it, uh, it, it to me, and uh, yeah, I need <laughs> I need to ask him several questions because you're not just doing uh, observability or just uh, you know this communication between these services is very complicated. You need to think about like what happens when some like some service uh, you know is. Uh, is not available. Like what, what happens happens then? A lot of times you need to use you know uh, different cues for communication, such as some Kafka or something. And that yeah, there's just a huge amount of things that they, that uh, or that just there's just just a huge amount of complex of added complexity when you want to run these microservices. And that's also uh, like what might be the that that could also be the thing that uh, makes it you know ten, ten times more expensive than when running a monolith. So yeah. Yeah. And do you think in five years, uh, more people will be checking the management console every day or less? Because not because they're setting up huge server towers in, in their in their office, but because they're may, perhaps moving towards tools of abstraction like Stack Tape, like Vercel, like Supervase. Well, I believe like like more and more people will be, uh, will be using these uh, these abstractions. Um, I mean, the, the thing is like. Uh, I've checked like some uh, like some time ago. There, there was like there was a statistic that said like the DevOps people or like the people that know how to configure infrastructure are in the highest demand like amongst all all mm. of these different pro- uh, professions in the world. Because you know, as I mentioned, like not a lot of people like to configure stuff or run stuff or being responsible to for for running your you know uh, your workloads in the cloud or running them at all. So yeah, there's like such a huge shortage of these of these DevOps people. And I believe the the gap uh, the gap between you know the the ones that companies need and the, the actual amount of those uh, those people it will get huge uh, or bigger over time not not smaller so I believe like uh, there's a huge like uh, a lot of room for for these uh, kind of tools and so I believe like the, their usage will just uh, just get higher and uh, yeah I, I believe like the one thing that is uh, hurting uh, the adoption is that people don't trust uh, like or they, they trust just certain companies you know even mm-hmm. like uh, you know when heroku started like not all the, not all of people were, were trusting them to you know to run them their workloads without issues but yeah when, when they when they get the credibility and the trust then uh, and they then they you know took off and just started uh, starting using uh, and people started using these tools so yeah i just i believe like we need to wait and uh, like when people uh, just uh, get get to know like more of more and more of, of these tools, and they they gain trust. I believe like there there will, there will be will be a boom in with with these tools, and people will forget about using tools like these lower level tools such as uh, you know Terraform or Kubernetes. I mean like they will understand that, that, that there there is some Terraform or Kubernetes under under the hood. But they won't need to directly, you know, interact with it, and that's uh, and that, that that's true for I believe like for most applications. But like there definitely are applications that are so complicated and so complex uh, that uh, you know you just need to have the you know the, the power to configure them on your own. So I, I'm not saying like you know the 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 ops jobs are going away, but you know I'm just saying that like for a lot of different. Uh, 
you know use cases it just won't make sense to to configure everything on the, on your own and just uh, just take something that's already built and and works yeah particularly if your company's in a very high growth phase as well like it does seem I, I like to really keep in touch with startups, not just because of the job platform I'm running, but also as well, just in Twitter, I really love seeing um, journeys, both on the business side and the technical side uh, of high growth companies. And everyone does seem to be running their own, uh, not running their own, sorry, um, to be getting their own abstraction uh, in, you know, on whatever platform that is, um, yeah. rather than having to do everything themselves. So it just makes sense. Like it's, again, comes back to that question of opportunity cost. Like if you can get most of what you need done via abstraction, with very little effort. I mean, you said like, what, what was it? Maximum 30 to 50 lines, li- lines of configuration uh, for stack tape. Like ultimately well, if that saves you hundreds of hours. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a, for a, for a typical applications, which is basically on a, a backend, which consists of like a, some like web service and uh, in the relational database. And then it wraps around some sort of front end, either as a, you know, as a react application, you know, statically built as a single page application or a Next.js website. Uh, deployed uh, also as a, as a web service, then yeah, you just need you just need third lines of configuration for, uh, for that. And uh, yeah, now yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say um, as well, like if people do want to try it out, like is there is there an easy way um, to give it a go? Because I actually am going to try out Stack Tape on. <laughs> I have this idea uh, that's been annoying me for a while um, actually about. Uh, uh, podcast discovery uh, and I'm not just saying this because I have a podcast but I find it really hard to discover good podcasts so I want to create a service the only thing is I can't figure out how to monetize it but I want to create a service where people can submit their favorite podcasts and then it churns out recommendations for them based on what other people like and then it boosts podcasts maybe there's like almost like product hunt for for podcasters basically um, I might just operate it maybe with like a donation box or something because I just can't figure out how I would cover the costs. Um, but I'm thinking I'll use Stack Tape for that. So if someone wants to build a project like that um, using Stack Tape, um, is what's the best thing to do? Is it uh, check out your documentation or is there anything else they should do? Well, I mean, I believe like you, you can just go to stacktape.com. You just uh, you know, sign up for Stack Tape. You connect your AWS account and uh, you, know, you, you can have basically a lot of different... Uh, starter projects so you can choose for for example like we have like a starter project for for example like a flask api or an express.js api or even like a java spring boot api then we have you know starter projects for like a, for front end uh, front ends for, for example like such as next.js or like uh, just react application or view applications so you just you know you just uh, take these starter projects and then then they're basically like ready to go so you can deploy these or you can just you know configure it, uh, uh, configure everything on your own, and uh, yeah. So uh, I believe like basically any any uh, you know use case uh, you have, uh, there's there's very just a very slight chance that the this stack tip won't be able to 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 uh, you know handle it for you. So yeah. Very nice. Uh, and if people want to keep in touch uh, with you as well, what's the um, what's the best way? Well, uh, I have a. <laughs> you can they can reach me at uh, at Twitter. It's uh, it's uh, our, my handle is uh, I, uh, yeah, I believe we can we can include it after after the I yeah. uh, just uh, yeah. we can we can include it later I believe. Yeah, I'll pop that in the description. But okay, uh, okay, cool. yeah, th- thanks so much for uh, for joining me today. It was really, really interesting chat. I mean, certainly, I, as I said earlier, I'm definitely far from an expert with the cloud. So I've already learned a ton today. And uh, yeah, looking forward. I'm really looking forward to trying out Stack Tape for this podcast uh, project, actually. So I'll let you know how it goes. Um, and hopefully you don't see any 
crashes or or like <laughs> anything like that because of something I've done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes, and I'll let the listeners know how it goes as well. Yeah, great. I was happy to, happy to happy to be here and uh, to tell you more about Stacktab. And yeah, I, I'm looking for for it uh, for you to try it. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, just uh, reach out to me, and uh, I can help. Brilliant. Cool. And thanks again to the listeners for tuning in. So if you want to hear more, go to stacktape.com. And thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Code of Career.